Welcome back to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This is where we blur the lines between business, nonprofit, and impact. I'm your host, Wendy V, and I'm a social impact strategist here to help you build a successful and sustainable legacy of social change. In this week's episode, we're going to hear from a social entrepreneur who has been on a journey to change the world just like you. If you are interested in social entrepreneurship, this is the place for you. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Social Impact Level Up podcast. I'm Wendy V, your host, and I'm here today with Rick Ornelas, and he is going to tell us all about how he sparks change. It's really interesting because we found each other on, online and quickly became friends. We realized that we have a similar lingo, a similar outlook, and also probably very similar interests, like traveling. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lots of things that we've bonded over, and I just wanted to give him space to come on the podcast to share the wonderful things that he's doing and how he transforms lives every single day. We'll talk a little bit about how he's transformed his own life, and we'll also talk more about the journey that he's been on for the last few years to make sure that people have the space that they need so that they can create transformation for others. So Rick, let's jump right into it. I want you to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us all the wonderful things that you've been up to. Well, fantastic. First off, thank you so much, Wendy, for having me on your show. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. And you're right, what you were saying about we quickly connected with all the similar things that, that you mentioned. And, you know, I believe that we connect with people that we sh were meant to connect with. So, um, you know, that was truly a blessing. But but as far as me, I'm I'm a uh, an ultimate success coach, a best-selling author, the founder of Icepark Change, as you mentioned. And uh, I'm a my life is all about um, loving and giving and serving others. And, and I'm a, a father and a family man. And, and that's, those are the most important things um, for me. And, you know, everything I do is, is focused around, you know, those few things that I mentioned. And I love it because you've involved all of those things in, in the journey that you're on. And so it's nice to, to see you be able to have time with your family to do things that you enjoy and then also know how you're still giving back to your community that you've created. So let's talk a little bit about iSpark Change because this is a really cool concept to me. And I'm curious how you how you got started with this idea to create a space for other change agents and how you, you know, kind of got into being a coach or a transformation. I forget what what is the word that you you said Ultimate um, success coach. Ultimate success coach. I was like, I knew I'm saying something wrong here. It, it, it's got like the pinnacle of. <laughs> Transformation, whatever. I mean, they, yeah. they're all kind of go in line, but it's interesting because so my, my path is, you know, I won't say it's unique. It's unique to me, but it's, I didn't really have the kind of linear path to coaching as a lot of people take. And, and even the creation of Iceberg Change was just not something that I'd ever planned, but I had. Um, you know, throughout my career, I'd worked at corporate for over 20 years and I helped build a couple startups. And, and then after, you know, one startup that we had built very rapidly in a, in a period of less than two years, only to see it all come crashing down, that started me, you know, after that, I, I left that and said, you know what, I, I really don't want to go through this again or, or really work with anyone else. I, I think I've learned a lot and I can help others. So I decided to start coaching. And and business coaching and initially first in the the healthcare sector because that's the space I've worked in, but that kind of evolved over the years. That was at the end of 2015, so it's just past seven years. 
and that evolved over the years. But when 2020 hit and the pandemic started and my business had slowed down, a lot of my clients had asked to put their services on hold or to um, stop altogether. I, I found myself with a bunch of time on my hands, like a, like a lot of us, you know, a bunch of time and, and at home and, and quarantine. And, and at first that was a pretty fearful time for me because I was worried about what the future was, you know, going to hold and, and, you know, not having that control that so many of us like to have that illusion that we have control over, you know, our future and our lives, but realizing I didn't have that. And so I was kind of worried. And then I realized that I was in a much better place than other individuals. People were dying, people were hurt, people were losing their homes and, and that I was in the position that I needed to practice some of the things that I had been, um, you know, working on over the years, like giving to others and serving others and, and being grateful. And, and so I decided to focus on like dive into that, into focusing on supporting others, right. And not making it about me, but about focusing on others. And so I started by, you know, doing that in like volunteering and doing it in a small scale. And, and then I started to write my book, 12 hours of heaven lessons for a better world. And that had been in my head for 20 years, but it was something I always put off because of not having the time. So I started to write that and in the, in the journey of writing that book, um, the theme of sparking change is something that, that came to me that I really wanted to, I kind of wove through the, through, throughout the book. And when I was about, you know, I, I went to start writing. I'd never written a book. When he started, started writing just very methodically, right? Just writing 500 uh, plus words a day and writing every day at the same time. And, and then after a period of a couple of months, I, that all really changed. And so my writing flourished. I, I felt, you know, and not to get too, you know, spiritual here on your podcast, but I, I felt as if, you know, God was kind of giving me the, the story and I was just typing and my, you know, I started writing over 2000 words in, in a day. And, and that's when I felt that I was called to do more than just write a book that I was called to create more. And that's where I spark change was born. You know, I was waking up at all hours of the night with bunch of ideas and, and just a flood of, of creativity and ideas. And that's where the idea for Iceberg Change was born, you know, one night at probably 3 a.m. And then I, after the idea came, I said, you know, I really need to do something with this. So after the book um, came out in October of, of 2020, then I quickly went to work on building Iceberg Change. So I you know, created the organization, created the social media, you know, at the end of, of 2020. And, and I mean, that's how it all got started was just because of the idea that was, you know, sparked in me from, uh, from writing the book. Oh, there's so much rich value in what you were saying. I mean, particularly the idea of moving away from a career that no longer served you, but then also following like the divine inspiration of what is your calling? What is your passion? what makes you, what drives you. These are common themes actually in the podcast. It's really interesting to hear in a lot of social entrepreneurs that, you know, a lot of people say that I don't, I don't want to get too spiritual, but I was called to do this for a particular purpose or um, something told me to, and I just followed my intuition. And I think that we talk about that a lot on this podcast because people who do step out on blind faith need to have kind of a sense of bravery to do so. <laughs> I think just like what you're saying, you know, the, the pandemic was a very scary time for a lot of people and uncertainty about 
you know, a business you just started out of your passion, I could see that being really, you know, something you had to, to navigate. Um, and so now with the, the entire uh, set of things you've created, the podcast, the community, the book, all of the things that you've created, you know, you're kind of like uh, in, in that middle of the journey. You're not no longer sort of in the beginning. You're more towards the middle of the journey, which is great because a lot of the times we hear from people, you know, at all stages of their entrepreneurship journey. And in this phase that you're in now, what, what are your priorities? Like what do, what's most important to you right now? That's a really good question. That's a really good question, Wendy. And, and something that I, I honestly, that I think about on a, on a weekly basis, on a, on a daily basis even, um, because, you know, as an entrepreneur and coaching a lot of entrepreneurs, I see this all the time and I've seen it in myself. As an entrepreneur, a lot of us, as entrepreneurs, and a lot of us get um, kind of the um, oral syndrome where, you know, we're, we're working on something or shiny object syndrome, you're working on something and then something, oh, I, I need to start a podcast. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. And then you kind of lose focus on the things that are most important for, you know, what, what's uh, really driving your purpose or really you know, living in that passion that you were talking about. And, and so initially with Ice Park Change, I was I wasn't clear, right? I was trying to figure it all out. I was, I, I, my, some of my old clients came back. And so I was trying to run that old business at the same time and, and felt like being pulled apart in two different directions. And then I spoke to a friend of mine who had, you know, was, was kind of helping me along. And, and she said, you know, that's really all the same. Really, you're, you're supporting others. You're helping to make them better. You're coaching. You're working on, you know, positive change and social impact. Like it's really all one in the same. And so that's when I, you know, shifted my focus and said, okay, I'm going to do everything through iSpark change, whether it's my coaching or whether it's, it's, um, speaking or, or whatever it is, it's all going to be through iSpark change because I see the different things that I do, like the things you mentioned, I see them all as spreading positive change, all as having a positive impact on others. And so to get back to your question, you know, what I'm really focus on now and, and what's the priority is really sticking to that purpose of, you know, loving and giving and serving others and, and, and positive change and social impact and really putting everything through that filter of saying, okay, does the podcast support that? Does it help to grow the community? Does it help to spread positive, positive change? Does it help to, um, you know, make others better, create impact? Does being on your podcast, support all that, you know, yes, 100%. And so as I plan my weeks, as I plan my days, I've really had to, to hone everything in and not get thrown all over the place, but, but really focus and say, okay, do these really support those big goals that I have for iSpark change? And, you know, we have some huge goals for iSpark change and some things that we're, we're working on that we're kind of going to those next phases, like you've said, you know, we're, we're not at the very beginning, we're a little farther along. And so, you know, I have to be very cognizant of, okay, what am I going to say yes to, um, you know, what am I going to, to focus on? But they're all around, you know, supporting iceberg chain, supporting the growth of the, of the community um, and, and helping others and spreading that positive change. That's really cool. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the shiny object squirrel syndrome, because it's so easy to be inspired by all of the ideas and get overwhelmed by them. And a lot of the people I work with, that's some of the very first things we have to do is cull through 
all of those many ideas and prioritize. And like you said, find a focus, but make sure that focus is still aligned with what is the bigger vision? What is the passion? What is the change you're trying to make? And how how that is the vehicle for the impact that you want to see. And I think that that's a really great way to um, to describe your journey also is <laughs> kind of putting that that priority in place. It's great to see that you get from that early stage to a later stage and you're able to still then realign the priorities with whatever your vision is or whatever your focus is. And I think that's a great message, too, because sometimes we let the work carry us in another direction. And we don't yeah. maybe go back and realign with what was the purpose that we created this for in the first place. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important to, to amplify, you know, what you were just saying, Wendy, is that, you know, as I mentioned, putting everything through that, putting everything through that, that filter, you know, if you will, of, you know, going back to your purpose and going back to your, to your passion. And, you know, if there's any entrepreneurs that, that are listening, I mean, I would, I would recommend to them that they figure out what those things are for them. You know, if it's the one, two, maybe three at the most, you know, that are, are super important that they want to, you know, that they're all about, right? What's the, what's the purpose? What, why are they here? What are, what are they hoping to accomplish? And, and really make sure that everything they're doing supports that. Hey, absolutely. And I, I love the idea of, you know, keeping your focus too, because it is really difficult as an entrepreneur when you have the charge of your time and you're giving yourself the tasks or you're giving others the tasks, you know, before in other environments in the past or in corporate or wherever you were before. I'm sure people were giving you work that you are almost responding to a lot of the time, but now you're the, you're the person who is giving the work out and you have a team and you have all of these things. So how did you make this shift? And this is actually going back to a season one episode we had called um, Employee to Boss. How did you make that part of the shift for yourself and your journey from I'm part of another organization to now I'm, I am the creator of an organization in charge of this organization? What was that mentality or the mindset that you went through in that journey? Another excellent question. Wendy, I think for me, it was, it was definitely a journey. It was definitely a process and it took a while. It took a lot of learning. I'd say, you know, a few years, even, you know, I'm, I'm at seven years and I'd say probably the first two, three, it, I was figuring all that out, right? I, I was just figuring it out, figuring it all out. And, and I, I had a partner that I was working with so we could bounce things off of one another and, and we could support one another. So that was very helpful, you know, being, being in that journey. And I think the, the advantage, I'll, I'll say it as an advantage because I, I truly believe it was an advantage. I think the advantage that I had, um, and more so even than my partner, um, because he's, he's since gone back and has, you know, rejoined corporate and, and is now back in, in that role. The advantage that I had is that while I never, you know, while I was younger and everything, I, I never was an entrepreneur, right? I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs or anything like that. I mean, my, my, you know, my parents didn't own their own businesses or anything like that. However, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, as they say, I always felt as if, you know, I always was put in leadership roles. I, I always was, um, was someone that was big on personal development and learning and, and growing. And I always was a, um, well, I'm still am, like an outside the box thinker. And, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, thinking back now, 
there were times in my corporate career where that posed challenges, where, you know, I was thinking bigger than my role, let's say. I was thinking bigger than my role. And then, you know, my boss was like, hey, you need to rein things in here because, you know, this is your role and you're thinking of all these, you know, this global stuff and all this vision and everything. So it's kind of a visionary and everything. And even we do like, you know, in corporate, as you know, you do like these personality assessments and all these things. And they're like, oh, you're a maverick. You're a visionary. You're... And I would always get those, you know, classifications, right? And, and so many times people were trying to like, not, not like, not bring me down, but, you know, but you understand what I'm saying. I, I can see by your body language. So you just... um, it was the big, big fish, small pond syndrome that I've yeah. lived with the entire life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, exactly what we're talking about. So people were always trying to like, okay, you know, rein it a little bit. Right. So where I'm going with this is that when I started working, working for myself, you know, being the boss, if you will, being the CEO, running the show, um, it was very liberating. Because it's like, okay, I just have to, I just have to answer to myself, you know, always, always answer to God, but just answer to myself, um, you know, my, my business partner, make sure we're in, we're in alignment and we were very much in alignment. So that was never an issue. That was always great. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, like, oh, I need to check with someone and everything. No, I did have to check with my clients and stuff. And that was part of that learning process for those two, three years. Um, make sure I was supporting them in the way that they needed to be supported. Um, and that was, you know, growth in that area. But, you know, I, I'd say the big thing was just that I, I, I always had that in me. And so, you know, it was just a, a you know, opportunity to let it flourish and then kind of figure out what it was going to look like. Yeah, I was just reminiscing on when I was told that I was a big fish in a small pond, as you said that. And I, I just laughed because I could hear the same thing for you. Just the idea that people don't have the same uh, vision and the ability to skip five steps ahead and then work backwards to the solution or go from big picture to small detail and then back up to big picture in the same conversation. Those types of skills that you and I clearly have, <laughs> the both of us are able to follow each other. It, it's, I think, sometimes daunting for other people, to be honest. And I think yeah. sometimes in those types of very controlled work environments where you have a hierarchy and a chain of commands and policies and procedures and all these other things, out of the box thinkers are scary. You know, they're they're not something to um, to just kind of like let go off on their own. You know, because <laughs> yeah. you really need to. You do get this sense of people like constantly trying to rein you into this whatever it is they want you to be. And it doesn't give you the freedom, like you mentioned with entrepreneurship. And then when you when you make that transition, it can almost be a little overwhelming because you're like, oh, I'm free. Yeah, <laughs> almost, yeah. I think of it like a jack in a box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm like a caged animal, you know, you open the door and I'm like running all wild. And, and you know, they're like, just, just kind of go down the path, you know, on the savannah, like it's running crazy. And, um, you know, one thing that's even interesting, I think, to point out is that, so I mentioned how I helped grow a couple startups. Well, even in, so startup, if you worked in startups or, you know, for anyone that's familiar, there's, it's constant change. It's constant growth. It's like shift on a dime, you know, everything's moving at you know, hundred miles an hour. And it even became a challenge in those arenas because like you said, being able to shift back and forth the thinking and the visionary and five steps ahead and everything that even became a challenge because 
not everybody thinks that way and not everybody can, can see, you know, see that way. And that's okay. Right. I mean, you know, every organization needs people in, in different roles, but even that caused me to, you know, in one, one of the startups that caused me to, you know, I was, the I was the started, I was executive VP of sales and marketing and then became the CEO of a, another business that we had acquired. And then we had an overall CEO of the organization and that caused us to butt heads because, you know, we were both visionaries. We're both seeing things, you know, probably 20 steps ahead. Right. And, and his 20 steps were different from my 20 steps, you know, and, and then that, that caused us, you know, to butt heads and some friction and everything. Um, whereas the other, and then the other people that were on the leadership team, they were just kind of, you know, they weren't those thinkers. So they were just, okay, well, how do we follow? Like, which way do we go? And they're just looking for direction. And yeah, it, it even, even caused some strife there. Yeah, I, I can picture in my head how that would cause strife when you have people who are not in sync with the, where those 20 steps are. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what, is the, what is that journey that we're going to go on between here and there? And it's two completely different plans. And then you're like, wait a second. Um, and, and I appreciate the idea of the, the personality um, assessment that you mentioned earlier, too, that there's like these categories of people and there's different people in environments and everybody's gifts and talents are necessary to balance each other. But we also have to be you know, cognizant of um, power imbalances and, you know, gender differences and all these other things that come into play in, in different work environments. So I can imagine in a high stress environment like a startup. It, uh, you know, any little thing could also set off <laughs> into the wrong direction or a spiraling direction or a set of activities that didn't even weren't even necessary. Um, and so how did you navigate and even knowing, you know, some of the high level roles that you've played in the past, how did you navigate the ability to um, stay, I don't want to say a positive leader, but an emotionally intelligent leader or a leader who, you know, now, now with the learned lessons that you learned, was there anything you would do different in your leadership? Let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what does it look like in these impact spaces to be a leader? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that that was definitely challenging. And the way that I, you know, maintained that positive leadership was sticking true to who I was and my ethics and my morals and, you know, my beliefs, my purpose, like I said you know, loving and giving and serving others and holding true to that no matter what. And, and then practicing emotional intelligence. And that, that's, that's hard in, in all situations, especially when, you know, emotions can run high and, you know, people have differing opinions and, and everything. But what kept me grounded, what kept me on that, on that right path was always staying true to who I was. And and staying true to what I felt was the, in the best interest of the organization, you know, whatever it was, right. Whether it was a startup or corporate or my, was staying true to what I felt was in the best interest of the organization. And, you know, even, even to use this, um, the example of, you know, why I would butt heads with that CEO, even later after, you know, a year later, like after we'd part ways and everything, it was probably a year, 18 months later. Um, he even sent me a message and, and said something to that effect is that you all, you know, you meaning me always had the best interest of, you know, the organization in hard and you were always trying to do the, whatever was best for organization and everything. And that he had appreciated that and that he kind of couldn't see that, you know, at, at the time. 
And I share that just to say that, you know, not for any sort of vindication, but to say, say that I believe if, you know, all of us as individuals and as entrepreneurs, if we hold true to, okay, this is who I am. These are the fundamental tenets that I live by. And I'm not going to deviate, you know, from that, no matter the situation, right? Even if it means like, oh, I could go over here and then I'm going to make a million dollars or whatever. But no, if we stay true to who we are, then I, I don't think we can go wrong in you know, a situation. I am so glad you ended where you did, because the next thing I was going to ask you about was the money guided situation. And so you went right into it. And I'm like, gosh, we're so in sync. How do you navigate that when you're sharing and coaching others that they need to follow their purpose and maybe not necessarily a um, incentive like money, but I mean, there could be other incentives, of course, but um, how do you stay true to your purpose versus maybe deviating onto a road that moves you away from your purpose, but it could be quite lucrative? What, the way I the way I do it for me, and it's come up many times, and, and the way I, I coach others is is always understanding what that purpose is, what that why is from day one. So then it's never a question because you always have that guiding post to you know to um, to lead you lead your way, right? Where I've seen people get into into difficulties is where. They're really, they're really not clear on what their why is. Oh, I don't know what I want to coach. I don't know what the goals are for my organization. I'm not clear on what the, my goals are for myself or where I want to be in five years or what have you. And it's not to say that you have to know, hey, you know, this is the exact path and that's how I'm going to go. And this is the way I'm going to get there. But if you have a clear idea of, okay, you know, fundamentally, I'm about serving others. Fundamentally, I'm about giving, right? I, I'm those are going to be my guideposts, no matter what path I'm on, right? And so I always help people to say, okay, what is your why? What is that purpose? And even if they're not super clear, okay, then what are, what are the things that you're looking to accomplish now? So let's say, you know, what, what's a goal that is your most important goal for this year? Okay, then let's put everything through that filter of, all right, like I said earlier, does it support that goal and stay true to, you know, does going off and doing this program that yes, maybe it'll make me a bunch of money, but does it support going where you're, you want to head? Right. And I, I had to learn that the hard way. I'd be completely honest. I had to learn that the hard way of taking all these detours and going like this. When, if I had learned that early, I would have had that more clear linear path. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they do that. They take that crazy path like this, whereas it can be much quicker. And the, and the, you know, some of the, some of the great, some of the, you know, business leaders, the people that have been very successful, you know, some of the ultra successful people, they learn that early, you know, like the Warren Buffett's or Steve Jobs, they learn that real early and then they're able to get there much quicker than, you know, than the rest of us. Yeah. And I think you also have so many, um, as an entrepreneur, competing uh, sets of information that you can access, whether that's information from YouTube, coaches programs, courses, like you can invest in any number of things to try to shortcut that path. But in the, in the end, it's still going to have to be your path. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's kind of like, yeah, stay linear and stay focused. But a lot of the times, you know, some of those detours, there was a lesson you actually kind of needed to learn on that detour. And so it's, 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 it's hard, you know, on the one hand, yeah, you definitely want 
that the shortest shortcuts, but then sometimes you think you're taking a shortcut and it's not not a yeah. shortcut at all. <laughs> and you end up down the road. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and you're right about, you know, e- even though I, I have had that, you know, crazy path, I have gotten to where um, I'm grateful for all those experiences. I, I, you know, learn from, take something away from every experience, even if I'm like, wow, that was a stupid decision. But what did I learn from it, right? Where I have, what did I, what did I take away from it? You know, what can I use to you know, support me moving forward? Because um, I, I mean, I, I tell, you know, every one of the one of the big topics on when I speak is that you know, fear or failure is the best uh, teacher that we have in life, and so many people are afraid uh, to fail that they they end up not taking chances or or not, you know, not veering off the path and and you know taking that detour and saying, oh, maybe I will take that chance that it is going to, you know, give me a, a shortcut, right? And I'll come out, come out ahead, um, you know, by, by doing that. And, and so, you know, I do see those, those mistakes, you know, if you will, or those wrong turns or whatever, I do see, see them as opportunities to grow and learn, and, you know, and, and become better. And we talk about a lot in this podcast to having a growth mindset as an entrepreneur, making sure that the the value you find in the journey is also nested in the idea that you learn something from those experiences and not necessarily just continuing on in the same manner and expecting different outcomes. But really, like you said, you're reflecting, thinking about um, being grateful for, you know, under, with a new understanding and shedding light on the past, you know, how can I move forward with lessons that I've learned? And so is what kind of um, things do you use, what tools do you use to keep you in that growth mindset and to keep you moving forward in a kind of positive way? Um, I have, maybe embarrassing, but I use a lot of tools. I mean, <laughs> I have so many, but on a, I mean, on a daily basis, you know, I, I read scripture in the morning. I journal gratitude in the morning. Uh, those are the first things that I'll do. You know, I'll read scripture, I'll journal dra- gratitude. I'll read um, some personal development kind of, you know, material, some book there. Um, and then I, um, at the end of the day, I will do the same thing. You know, I'll go through the same thing. And I also will, will I've had the day planned out. So I have the day planned out either that they have, most of the time in the evening before, but sometimes in the morning. And then I'll kind of recap, you know, what I've learned, what, what I accomplished, those type of things. Again, the journaling, the gratitude and, and, and the positivity. And, and I, I look at it as, you know, that we are in today's world, we are constantly bombarded, you know, constantly, and most people are in a state of constant distraction. We're constantly bombarded from you know, social media and the media and, um, and, you know, a million dings and pings and requests all day long that we can easily, you know, stray off track. And those type of practices help to keep me grounded to, you know, to keep me positive. You know, it, it's easy to, you know, someone sends you, um, um, they could, it could be benign, right? They could send you some joke that they, that they send you on, on social media and, and you, you know, some funny video and you click on it, but you know, maybe it, you don't think it's as funny as they do. And, and, you know, you take offense to it and then it's easy to, you know, go down that path of then, you know, now you're offended. Now you're in a negative mood. Now, now you're, you know, it's kind of poisoned your day. And so I'm very cautious of the input that I receive, you know, whether it's from 
what I read or, or what I watch or, you know, what I view or, or who, you know, who I connect with and everything. Um, because I like, as, as one of my mentors says, I like keeping my glass, you know, crystal clear, crystal clear of, of, you know, it's like a glass of water that is crystal clear, purified, you know, ultra pure and not letting all these impurities and, and, you know, all these toxins and everything come in. That's just going to, you know, poison and be poison for me, but keeping everything, you know, keeping, a, um, really diligent check on all of that to make sure that, um, you know, um, I'm not getting influenced in the wrong way, in a negative way. Yeah. And you talked about boundaries before too, with your time and what commitments you make. And then this is another great boundary of what inputs come in, whether that's people or material reading, you know, posts, all that kind of stuff. I think that boundaries are really important for us as entrepreneurs, because sometimes we, um, we can like let our boundaries down and then find ourselves, like you said, spinning in that cycle of, of wasting time or procrastinating or going down a path that we shouldn't go down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of ways that boundaries keep us safe. So um, always practice healthy boundaries. People No is a complete answer. <laughs> it's yeah. absolutely oh, totally. okay to say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. And yeah, it's something I've had to, um, you know, and it's, it's interesting because my wife, Tonya, she's very much a, a people pleaser. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot about, you know, she's worked on her boundaries and everything because always wanting to say yes, always wanting to, you know, give to others and everything. And, and I, I used to be that way, you know, when I was, when I was younger and then I become much more diligent about, look, you have to protect those boundaries because, you know, just it, it, you know, not just for your time's sake, but, but even for, you know, your mental sake, because, you know, that can be totally de deterred by, by something and just totally change your day, change your outlook, change your week. And so you got to be really cautious of that, especially you know, more so today than, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, yeah, so much more. And as social entrepreneurs, you mentioned something in there that people always want to serve more or to give more. And sometimes it's difficult for us to take that time and say, no, I need to be almost selfish, but in, in a good way, because then you are able to show up and serve more and share more, serve more wholly when you do show up. So what kinds of things do you do to replenish yourself and your well-being? I know you talked about a couple of the tools that keep you in the right mindset for entrepreneurship, but that's um, probably only one facet of our holistic wellness. So what other types of things keep you in a space that you're able to physically show up and serve. Yeah. I'm glad you asked Wendy, because as you were, as you were just, you know, beginning what you were saying there, I was thinking about the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And so you need to make sure that your cup is full before you start pouring into others. And, and, you know, those practices that I, that I mentioned, I also meditate, um, twice a day. So after I'll, I'll go through the journaling and the gratitude and the spirit, you know, reading scripture and everything, then I, the next thing I'll do is I'll meditate. And, um, the, the morning one is always first thing after those, you know, after those things, then I'll meditate the afternoon one. sometimes it, you know, changes. It's not at the, right before I go to bed. Cause then, you know, kind of screws up your sleep. If you meditate right before you sleep, but at least I found that. So, you know, I'll do that late in the afternoon or midday or time or something, but, um, but the meditation I've, I find, you know, I've been doing that now for not, not that long. Um, you know, I was practicing, you know, just kind of stillness and, and 
you know, just thinking, which I, I do a lot. Um, you know, like when I, after that meditation, I'll, I'll go to the, go to the gym and even on the way to the gym, which is like a 10 minute drive, you know, no radio. I mean, it's just kind of me, my thoughts, you know, maybe some prayer, things like that. But, um, I, I think for a lot of people, you know, and, and I learned this from Jim quick is that we give our day away too fast. You know, we wake up and then it, we dive. And I used to be this person dive right into our phone. You're going to email, you're going into everyone else's requests of you and everything. And all of a sudden you've taken no time for yourself. So the first few hours of my day are protected for me. And so you know, after that meditation, I'll, I'll go to the gym, as I said, and, and I'll work out for, you know, like an hour and a half. And, and it's just, you know, I don't go there to socialize or anything. I mean, sure, you may say hi to people, whatever, but that's me time. You know, I'll listen to a podcast and, and you know, soak something in there. And, um, and the working out, I mean, that's always been a part of my life. I mean, I'm a, I'm a CrossFit coach as a hobby, so I, I do that as well. But, um, but that, that few, you know, first few hours of the day, like two, three hours of the day, that's the time to, for me to recharge. That's the time for me to, you know, really fill my cup so I can you know, pour out the whole day. And then at the end of the day, you know, it's the journey, it's the gratitude, it's those things we talk about, the prayer, um, just to kind of clear your mind, to clear everything so you can sleep well. And, you know, I mean, I'm, there's lots of other things we need to dive into, but you know, yeah. or, you know, doing, doing, you know, hot, cold therapy. I mean, there's so many other things that I do. I mean, I'm really big on a lot of these, but it's well, or things to make myself better. Yeah. I think that the message though, is you need a whole tool belt. You need to know what, what works for you in your tool belt. And for you, you have some very focused regiment things, but then you've also described to us things that like a lot of people go to the gym or might, you know, and may, might think about CrossFit. <laughs> I've always thought about CrossFit. I've not done it. Um, but, you know, some of these other tools that you t described, like um, having a meditation practice, having a journaling practice, those are things that I think people let them go quickly because they're the, the first things to be like, oh, I don't have time to meditate or I don't have time to journal or I don't have, mm -hmm. I don't want to wake up at five in the morning to do all this stuff before I start my day. Um, and I've heard that from people before that they don't necessarily make this space in their life for these things. So I, I think what you're reminding us is to make this space because that space will create space for other things. That's perfect. What you just said, lastly, that is the exact perfect message for people to take away from this is that, um, and, and I, you know, when people say, oh, I don't have time to work out, I don't have time to meditate. You don't have the time not to do it because what the reality is, as you said, you will create so much more space by taking that time for yourself. Even if, you know, if it's not working out, if it's not meditation, if it's some other, you know, if it's reading, if it's some other thing that someone wants to do, sit there and drink their coffee and, you know, sit outside on their, on their, you know, patio or, you know, in the, in nature, whatever it is, it's time where you're essentially like that unplugged time, right? That time where it's, it's just for yourself. And I have coached people, so I have coached people that they're like, yeah, meditation's not my thing, yeah, working's not my thing and all this. So for example, I, I great, this is one of my favorite examples. So there's a, a, a chiropractor that I was coaching and he was like, man, he had two young, young babies at home. There was like both under the age of two. And he was like, 
man, I, you know, I'm here at the office from like seven to 6 PM. I go straight home. It's bath time. It's reading with the kids. It's this, I, you know, I barely get to eat and then I crash and I do it all over again. And I was like, here's what I want you to do. And I'm like, I want you to take five minutes, five minutes, just five minutes. When you can do it in your car, I want you to sit in your car, either right when you get in your car and you leave the office or in the, in your driveway and just sit there in stillness for five minutes. Okay. Not anyone else's time, no music, no nothing, just five minutes of you time, uninterrupted time. And I'm like, and if you can get another one in, you know, like at lunch or in the morning, if you're not too rushed in the morning, then get another one in. He came back after doing this for like a month and he was like, oh my gosh, life changing. Like the greatest thing that had ever happened to his life. And I've had multiple people that have, you know, same kind of situation, same kind of you know, success stories. He was like, oh my gosh, it was like that, just that time alone, that time of nothing, no sounds, no nothing, no, no one else, just for himself completely changed his life. He had more energy and more focus. He was happier, right? His relationship was better. Like it helped in like 20 different areas just by doing that. So. And it's such a good example of how coaching transforms lives. I think sometimes I hear people saying like, I, coaching is like, you know, doesn't work or I don't know, it's, it seems weird or it seems like something I don't want to invest in. I hear so many different things where people are reluctant to go through the process of coaching. But exactly what you described, that was something he could have done for himself, but he didn't give himself permission and space to do, but you were able to see it from an external perspective and say, this should be a priority because it will create transformation. And luckily he trusted you and tried it. Yeah, <laughs> That's a <for> benefit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you um, two more questions. The first one is really about... Um, if you could give a piece of advice to somebody who's earlier in the journey than you, we talked about in, in this episode that you're sort of more in the middle or like more seasoned as the social entrepreneur, but thinking of people still starting out early in the journey, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them as they're moving forward um, and they want to make an impact with either a business or a nonprofit that they're starting? Is just to, and, and this will go back to what I was saying earlier, is to just know what they're wanting to accomplish, right? So if they say, hey, I started this nonprofit for this reason, this is the why that I started this, this organization, know what that is, and then keep working towards, keep working towards that goal. And, and a lot of, you know, and I, this happened to me before as well, is that a lot of us, we set this goal. It's like, oh, climb that mountain. And then it's like, well, that's a huge mountain. Like it's gonna take years, it's, it's way too big. And then the goal becomes so big that we give up, like you said, right? Oh, meditate every day. Like, no, that's crazy. Like that would, it's too big. Whereas, you know, the, the biggest advice that I would give is just, just focus on today, right? Just focus on doing that goal, you know, driving towards that goal today. What am I going to do today? That's going to help me, you know, one step um, up that mountain, right? And just, when you just focus on that, it makes it so much more attainable. Um, and then, when you look up, you know, or look back six months down the road, a year down the road, you know, three years down the road, you're like, oh, wow, look how far I've gone, right? Look how far I've come and, and look where, you know, the businesses or the organization or, you know, whatever I've created, look how much I've created, you know, and you, sure you can look back along the way, right? And celebrate, you know, your wins and your progress. That's super important too. 
but I'd say to just just focus on on you know the day, right? Just focus on on just what what you need to do to kind of go that next. Oh, that's wonderful because it aligns with two of the other themes we talk about a lot in this podcast, which is taking continual inspired action and also recognizing when you're living your vision. Because as you said, there's parts where you don't even realize you got to a certain point of your vision and it wasn't where you started out, but you're just because it's today, you don't recognize that you've accomplished so much. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So those are those are two more of them. So I'm excited to hear you just aligning with all the things that we talk about on this podcast. Thank you. It's almost like we planned it, <laughs> but I can assure you guys we did it. Um, and so, Rick, the last thing I want to ask you is really um, if people resonated with you, if they're interested in your coaching or your community or your podcast, all of the things that you do, the book, can you give a just like a 30 second infomercial for yourself about where people can find you and why they might want to work with you and um, where can they link with you after this podcast? Well, first off, thank you for having me on the show, Wendy, and thank you for you know asking that question because you know I think that's important to kind of share our gifts with with the world and what we've learned along our journey to help others. And um, it's real easy. I mean, they can either go to my name, rickornellis.com, and they can find out you know if they're interested in coaching or speaking or, or anything like that, um, or isparkchange.com, letter I, sparkchange.com. If you look on any platform, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you'll find isparkchange. And we have a, we're most active, uh, LinkedIn, we're most active on Instagram, um, where we have our biggest community and we have daily support and inspiration and everything. And, and in terms of, you know, who, who might want to go to isparkchange, if you're looking for you know, some positivity. If you're looking to make the world a better place, if you're looking to create impact or, um, you know, and I use a very broad definition of social impact. I think I told you this before is that, you know, anyone that's kind of looking to make others better, to make the world a better place, you know, to in whatever they're doing, right. In their work and organization, their group. And so, um, you know, if anyone's just like, Hey, I'm about positivity. I'm about making the world better. I'm about, you know, helping others. Then Iceberg Change is going to be the, the, the place for, for them. Um, they can join our community at icebergchange.com. They can follow us on social media. Um, we're, we're building the you know, world's first social media platform to connect all these individuals together that you know, hopefully we have our beta version out later this year. But you know, it, it's pretty easy to find us. Yeah, and I, I agree. I, I, I found you guys, and that's how we got them to be friends. So I'm excited. Um, very approachable and very wonderful to work with you. And I'm excited about this app for sure. And the other thing I'll say about the work that you do is um, you're so organized about how how things come out. It's just such a great brand. And so I just wanted to make sure that folks, if even if you, you know, don't need coaching, you don't need a community, you don't need all these other things, just go look at Rick's brand. <laughs> the Ice for Change brand is a really solid brand. And it's a great example of a social impact brand that you've built as well. And I know you said the the definition of social impact that you use is very much aligned with what I use as well for my business. If you're making change, you know, come find a home in someone's community who <laughs> wants you to just continue to do that. That's all we want you to do is just continue to show up, do the work and feel supported by whoever, whatever all coach you find that resonates best with you. And so that's why I'm super excited to have you come and talk about what you do on our platform with our community, because maybe there's some folks who can use the way that you do the work. Um, so Thank you. Rick, yeah, no, I'm excited about everything you're doing too. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to beta testing this app. 
Um, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it out there into the universe and the world that <laughs> I want to be the early early adopter on this platform. Um, so yeah, so thank you everybody for being here for this episode. We've been here with Rick Ornelas today, who's um, representing Icebark Change, but also a lot of a whole body of wonderful work related to social impacts. We're super excited to have him as part of the collective and the community resources that we have available for folks. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. All right, thanks for being here, Rick. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, take care. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Social Impact Level Up podcast. It's been awesome to interview today's guests, and I hope that you leave inspired to take action. If you're looking for any of the information we spoke about, it's probably down in the show notes. Make sure that you're checking them out and you're clicking on any of the links that seem exciting to you. If you are looking for a coach or a consultant to help you with your social impact or your sustainability, reach out to me via my website, hop on my email list, or jump into one of my programs. All of the links are below. So excited to have you as part of the collective. Make sure that you come back and join us for another episode next week. Thank you.